resurrection laid inside of you in your spirit. I know when Jesus died on the cross, his soul descended into hell and preached to the souls that were in prison, that repented not the long suffering days of Noah. His body went into the grave. But before he died, he committed his spirit into the hands of God, into the hands into the lion's command, my spirit. So you see, his spirit went to God, his soul went to hell, his body went to the grave. Now, that spirit that was in him was the spirit of God. That spirit in sundry times and diverse manners anointed the prophets to bring the message to the people. In the last days, through Christ, and uh, now in these days here, through the gospel. Now, when we receive Christ into our heart, there's all that we have need of. There's eternal life. Now, Christ could not come back until three days was fulfilled because his spirit was behind a screen, like a bar, like this, that he could not cross over that bar because it was the spoken word of God that he was to lay in the grave for three days and three nights. Now he could not come back until that three days and nights was up. Then when three days and nights was up, his spirit was loosed. It went directly to his soul, and his soul came back and picked up the body and fulfilled what he said. I have power to lay my life down. I have power to take it up. I have power. Now, each one of you have power the same way because you are sons and daughters of God. And the very Spirit that's in you this morning, the Holy Spirit that's in you this morning, that same Holy Spirit will raise you up. So if you have power to raise yourself back up. When you die, your soul will go into the, uh, under the altar of God, not in, right in the presence of God. Now your Spirit will go to God. But you cannot come back. Remember the Bible where it said the Spirit and the souls are in the altar crying, Lord, how long, how long? And he could not return until the scriptures fulfilled. Like Christ could not return until the scriptures fulfilled. Then after the, all has been done, all the suffering's over, and the brother has suffered the same things, or we suffered like they suffered, and so forth. Then on that day, you'll know exactly where you're buried. Your spirit will be turned loose from God and will come to the soul. Now the soul is that part of me who knows and understands your intelligence. You remember the vision I had not long before, the little translation went into that place and saw those people? Amen. Now your spirit will come back to that body and that that kind of a body, the soul, which is the body that does not uh, have to eat and so forth. As this earthly tabernacle will be dissolved, we have one already waiting. A celestial body, and with that spirit and that soul and celestial body, you'll raise up again this natural body that great millennium. You have the power in you now to do that. Now, but that power that you have in you now to make a new world. God doesn't have little weak spots and big heavy spots that's powerful. The least little touch of God is omnipotent. Amen. See? The least little touch of God. So you know, so I'm trying to get you in faith now. You know that something has happened to you as a Christian. Do you know it? Amen. You used to ride down here in the muck with all the muck and sin and drinking and gambling and, and things of the world. Well, as soon as you believe that Christ forgave your sins, you raise up above that stuff. Amen. 
above all of it. Why? Because that you believe that you are a Christian. Then when you accepted Christ and the Holy Spirit came to you, then you have faith in the Holy Spirit that gives you power to rise above that kind of a life of sin. Well, the only thing you have to do to rise higher in the healings is have more faith. Amen. Just keep pushing it out. And there you are. Now if you're sick and you're not a Christian, become a Christian right now so that that healing power will come in you by becoming a Christian. And that will give you faith to ride above sin. It will give you faith in everything that you have need of. And this journey is right in you now. And the only thing you have to do is have faith in God that pushes that good things out of you with which you by the Holy Spirit. Do you understand clearly now? You got a uh, Billy told me last night, called me and said, come in this morning, especially for one person, come thinking we're having services this week of those seven uh, seals. And they brought a sick child, I think. And if you're here now, sir, remember, you cannot, your, your faith will have to go for that child if it's, if it's a little infant child. But now, let me take another scripture, if it's all right. It's all right. Just remember, now in the gospel, we read over in the 16th chapter, I believe, of the Acts, where that Paul and Silas was in prison. One night. And they'd been beaten because they cast the devil's spirit out of a fortune telling girl. And it was, uh, and she, her masters, had uh, got angry about it and beaten them, put them in inner prisons. And then when they did that, while Paul and Silas was praying, and God sent an earthquake and shut the jail down. The Philippian jailer, being sent to her in which to lose his, his uh, prisoners, was to be his own life and have to pay for the prisoners. He pulled his sword and was going to commit suicide when Paul ran forth and said, Do yourself no harm, we're all here. And this centurion had some impression they had about Paul and them. They might have sung hymns, they might have testified or done something. But whatever it was, they know that they were a holy man. They know there was something different about those men because quickly he asked, What must I do to be saved? Amen. What must I do to be saved? Now Paul said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And thy house shall be saved. Amen. Well, now, if believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, that don't mean that his salvation would save the house, but if he's got the faith in God for his own salvation, he has the same faith for his house. And his house will have to come in. Yeah. The same thing. Same as Job did, as I said the other night down in Georgia at a meeting. I said, Joe, he said, now, I don't know if my children have sinned, but what if they have sinned? And Joe had one thing to do to be righteous, that was offer a burnt offering. He said he would offer the burnt offering if his children had sinned, then they would be forgiven of their sins. And it was a good thing that father does. That's a good thing he fathered. We need more of those kind of fathers today. And Joe offered the burnt offering. That's before his tragedy saved but when his children was all killed, and his sheep all destroyed, and all he had taken, he was sitting on the ash sheep in the back of his house, scraping himself with a piece of cross. Did you notice, after the days of his tragedy, when God began to restore to him again, where he had 10,000 cattle and so forth, he restored double his, double his sheep and double his sheep. But did you notice, and God also gave Job his seven children. You ever think where they were at? That burnt all 
he stood for them. Amen. They were saved in glory waiting for him to come. He's with them today. God said, heal me. By his stripes, I am healed. 
Commit them to thee now. 
in the name of Jesus Christ, may each one be healed and catch the vision. What it means, like Abraham, call those things which are not as though they were. Amen. No matter what the result is, that has nothing to do with faith. Hallelujah. The result is nothing. Faith already comes to hold. And faith is the substance of things. Amen. And the evidence of things not seen. Well, God, make it sink deep in their hearts, for their needs. I know as your humble servants to stand here along with other servants and praise God and put it on our hearts for these sick people. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Somebody said Brother Ethel Beaver was in the building. Now, if there's another minister here today to prayer this morning, we would like to ask all the ministers here, what we are, you can come up here and stand around the door. And the
other things in action, they raise and come far. And another thing is how they react on that action that they have made. After they have come to the place to believe that when you're prayed for, they'll be healed, then watch the reaction of their action. Now, our pastor's got a good message for us from sure this morning. One thing I'd like to comment on is the moment of the Catholic girl standing down on the altar. A few days ago, she was in my house, her and her husband. And um, I didn't know her husband for some time. And, uh, there was something about while we were sitting on a private interview. That's where we had the vision. That's where we, I used to have it here in church, but just taking up the morning and so forth. And so it was in the Irish Senate because she being a girl, and another thing always reared in the Catholic Church and so forth. But she went to speak for her mother. And during that time, I saw a vision of her mother. Told her what her mother's trouble was and described her and how her mother looked. Of course, she was judged that way. Was right in my I've never seen a mother in my life. She knows that. And the girl this morning came to the altar and stood to make a confession and accept Christ as her Savior. She did out of the altar this morning. What did that happen? I'm going to anoint her in awe of how, how God works. Anoint her in awe of our sick. But watch the moving of the Holy Spirit. Not being as she was anointed, really not sick, but anointed. See how it makes everything work right? She stood as a Christian now. After she has become a, a what we believe to be a Christian. Now she says, Would you pray for my mother? She's sick. That's the same one. So the normal always apply to her. I thought how appropriate that see someone being just saved, Christ stood for all of us. He stands for all. And as soon as this girl becomes a Christian, then she wants to stand for somebody too. Showing that the Spirit of Christ comes within us when we are really saved. Now that's really fine. I, I certainly appreciate that, that fine Christian spirit of believe. Now I just remember, now to this young lady, she's here somewhere, and to another Catholic lady that came by. And uh, I'd like to say these words just before turning the service to her face. Is this. Now, the Catholic Church was one time like this church. If you go back and read the Bible, which we believe and do know that the Catholic Church was the first church. That is true. But it got away from its teachings. This was the teaching of the Catholic Church. But you see, they got 600 and some other books that popes and so forth has written. It's just as holy to them as this Bible. So see what this is. You have to change what you've done if you've just been converted. See? Now, if you take, of course, I guess maybe some of you, them too, this morning was winning. There might be some Catholic man sitting here. If you go back to the history of the church, if you might ask your priest, the action of these apostles in the Bible here, was that the way that, was that early Catholics? They'll tell you, yeah, and that's true. They were. Now, they looked what kind of religion they had. They met in little simple places. They never said, Hail Mary, or our Father. That's the tradition of the church. What did they say? They praised God. They screamed. They cried. Look here in Acts 2 when the holy apostle Peter and James and John and all were together. The Bible said they spoke in tongues. And they screamed and even acted so, so filled with the Spirit until they acted like they were drunk. And even to the outside world, are not all these drunks? And then Peter, the apostle, 
when he stood up and he said, Man, and brethren, these men are not drunk, but they're filled with the Spirit as the, as the Bible says they were. Now, that was the early Catholic Church, according to the teaching. Now, you see, after about 200 years, the dignified began to get into the church. Then what they did, they made their first organization at the Nazi Council of 8606. They made their, when the Nazi Council was held at Nazi alone, they began to get all the great dignitaries in, and they just formed the church and made a church. Actually, that broke four or five times. They went, they went from that to the bishop, from the bishop to a pope, and from that to come to the Greek Orthodox and different ones to live. Just broke it up the way you see it today. It's just an all kind of way back. But what we're trying to do, my Catholic friend, see, we are Catholic too. We are the early beginning Catholic. And the church that they call us now mostly, we're referred to as Pentecostal because we believe in the Pentecostal blessing. That's where the Catholic Church is organized. And in our organizations of Pentecost today, if, it, if this world would stand 500 years longer, this Pentecostal organization would be more formal than the Roman Catholic Church is today. It's just getting farther away, same way. And when you organize, you make a lodge out of it. And then you just become lodging members and unconverted souls. To my precious dear brothers and sisters, to all of you, and to serve God, I never say anymore in the world, in this church, I never say, but as a prophet of the Lord, I say, this is 